The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. We're coming to the end of our day together. And I just um, wanted to offer a couple more pieces and then um, take uh, any final questions or comments or reflections. Um, One thing, I I offered just before the sitting a few tools for working with challenge if there's something difficult happening in your experience. But I also want to say, you know, many of you have been practicing for a while and have your own um, strategies and skills that support you when things get challenging. And so you're welcome to use those. There's no, um, nothing special about these particular strategies. These are, these are ones I kind of stumbled into with this style, and so they seem kind of resonant with this style of practice. But if you find, for instance, if you're really caught in something, that doing some metta practice really helps you, that's fine. You know, whatever it is that supports you when your mind is out of balance to help you get back in balance, do that. And so if you have strategies and tools that help you, that's fine. And then once the mind is back in balance, playing with letting go of those strategies and coming back to relax, receive, allow, and learn. So I just wanted to name that. Um, you know, there's nothing special about these strategies. They're just ones that, that I found helpful when practicing in this particular style. Um, And then the other thing is that uh, I said at the beginning of the day that one of the things I love about this practice is that, you know, it's the same practice whether you're on the cushion or off the cushion in daily life or sitting in formal meditation. Um, It's the same basic, are you aware? You know, noticing, letting there be some relaxation of body, body, noticing that you're aware, and what are you aware of? And yet in our daily lives, there's one big piece of uh, experience that doesn't, um, let's say that we can let go of, it's not always always that we can let it go, but in sitting practice we can let go of or we don't orient so much to the content of our thoughts. Um, We notice that we're thinking and we may recognize those thinkings have particular emotional tones and effects on the body but we don't engage much with the content of our thoughts and that's a luxury in some ways that we have in the formal meditation practice to not have to engage with the content there are times when we don't have much choice about that you know sometimes the content is so strong that we we get pulled to it but then we may use these strategies to help us step away from the content In daily life, we do have to deal with content. This is a part of our, I mean, this is what what we live. You know, we, we have themes that we need to pay attention to and things we need to think about. And even as simple as, these are the things I need to buy at the grocery store. I mean, you don't necessarily want to just note thinking there. You want to track and remember those things that you want to buy at the grocery store. And so there's a lot of ways that content is important for us in our daily lives. And if we think, if we have the idea that if I'm attending to content or if content is happening in the minds, then it means I can't be mindful, there's going to be vast swaths of our daily lives that are off limits. And so I want to uh, offer 
<coughs> the possibility that we can be aware with content and offer um, a tool that Sayadaw points to and he, he, he calls it 50-50 mindfulness. So 50% of the attention knows the content, knows what we're doing, knows what we're engaged in. So, you know, if we're washing dishes, you know, it's like we know we're washing dishes and, you know, it's like we know that we need to put the dishes carefully into the dish strainer and so there's some content there that we're dealing with. And, uh, and then there's, so there's, there's some of our attention is on the content of what we're doing. And then the other part of our attention, the other 50% of the attention is on how we are while we are doing that thing or engaged with that content. Now this gets a little more um, challenging, let's say, or um, when there is more uh, charged content. So let's envision something like being aware of the content of reading the news in the morning. So can we be mindful? Can we be aware while we are engaged with reading the news? Um, the 50-50 mindfulness approach would go something like you know, noticing that you're reading, noticing that you are um, taking in the words and the meaning of those words, and then how does that meaning affect you? As you read a headline, how does it land? What are the emotions? What are the feelings in the body? Is there tension? Is there contraction? This exploration of 50-50 mindfulness, in my experience at first, may feel like it's a little bit of flipping back and forth. Read a headline or two, check in. How am I? Read another few, read the first paragraph, check in. How am I? So it may, it may be a little bit of back and forth to, to learn how to navigate this being aware of content and how am I with this content. So the same kind of approach or same kind of practice could be used in a conversation, hearing the words of the conversation and how am I. Now again, this is a skill that takes some time to develop. Um, I would say conversation is one of the most challenging areas to, um, to be able to be present while you're in a dynamic conversation. <clears throat> and so, you know, it may be, as all that you could do maybe is just like, yeah, I know I'm listening and wow, feeling really reactive and, and, and not much more than that. Or it might be that you completely forget about it, that you don't remember at all. But maybe later in the day, another way to explore this kind of back and forth or 50-50 mindfulness would be, so you had a really charged conversation with somebody, and then later in the day when you have some time to be on your own, maybe you bring that conversation into your mind and then feel into how you are with that content. That gives you a little bit of um, uh, more space to, to deal with something that's very charged um, and uh, the possibility of, of titrating it a little bit. You know, you take in or, or remember a few sentences or a few images from what happened. And then, oh, how, how is that? You know, what happened there? So that we begin to learn some of the skill of being with those situations that are very charged for us but we can take it kind of offline. We can practice with it on our own. I call this, what, what I'd call this is 
reflection practice or contemplative practice. We are practicing being aware of not only the content, but how that content affects us. So we can use our thoughts, we can use memories, and um, bring those memories in and notice, how am I with that memory? And maybe even bring in a little bit of, hmm, what kind of, what might have helped me to be more present? So this is, uh, this, is not, this is not pure mindfulness practice in this form of the, you know, reflecting on something that happened earlier in the day. And yet it is a very skillful way to use our mindfulness practice to you know, kind of give us some information about how we are with particular content and maybe some skill with learning how to be with the feelings that come up so quickly in dynamic situations when we're alone later in the day, we might be able to, wow, that brought up a fast charge of anger. Okay, well, can I be with that right now as I remembered that situation? So it it cultivates or develops the skill of knowing and being with the, the charge that comes up for us. And so this playing with the content of what we're doing and how we are, this is a, this is a lot of what I play with in daily life. Like the, that ability to kind of know what I'm doing, what I'm thinking about, you know, how I am with what I'm thinking about, how I am with something somebody's saying. So it's, the, it's this, um, this is a broader kind of mindfulness that can take both in the content and how we are with that content. So just maybe a couple minutes if there's any comments or questions. Um, so earlier, I think um, this lady had asked about um, told a broad sort of mindfulness versus a single point. So I want to follow up on that question because as I was um, practicing, I was wondering, um, I really love the finger practice and I feel like it is great for attention deficit people like me. Um, however, I was wondering in this style practice, um, when is it appropriate to try to be more single-minded? So I would say, you know, there's, there's so the, the question of when is it appropriate to bring a little more focus um, in this style of practice, it's not, there's not a one answer, but one of, one situation is when it feels like the mind is um, not able to be present with the, the more receptive, broad focus. You know, that, that it just feels like... You, so you could start, sometimes you might start with something more focused and then open up. You could, you could explore that. Or if it feels like being in the broader field of just receiving, receiving, the mind gets uh, lost or is not able to stay present, you could bring in a little bit of focus to help the mind reconnect and then, um, and then try opening again. So you can use it a little bit to help you almost remember what does it mean to actually be here? Um, and, and, um, and yet the, the, the piece too of, um, it's like with this practice, there's a little bit of a mind shift around 
uh, let's say getting comfortable with the not having one thing to pay attention to. You know, that, that, the, that sense of the mind shifting from one thing to another, to another, to another. We interpret that as being scattered. And we think that means that I'm not stable. And so there's a little bit of a kind of an adjustment in our system to, to recognize and feel the stability of the mindfulness behind the scenes. Because we've counted on the stability of the object to stabilize the mind. And so, you know, in, in the past practices. And so it's a little bit of a, the mind adjusting to, it's okay that there's a lot of different objects or sometimes it can feel like a flow from one object to another or maybe it feels like there's many things being taken in at the same time. And it's almost just an adjustment to get used to the different way that feels. And so giving yourself some time to play with that, you know, it's like wanting that kind of clarity of, yes, I know I'm here, you know, I've got my finger, I've got my fingers pressing together. Um, We have to sometimes let go of that kind of clarity in this practice to, to start to get the flavor of the stability of the mindfulness apart from the stability of the objects. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. And, and did, did you have a question? No? Okay. <laughs> Maybe one more if there's another. Okay. So... Just an expression of appreciation for our practice together and a wish that our practice today may serve our own freedom, our own waking up, and also support the welfare of all beings everywhere. And this is, this is uh, almost a natural consequence of our own finding ease and peace in that it begins to ripple out from us. And so may the benefits that we've experienced in our practice together today be offered to support the welfare, the happiness, the freedom, the ease and peace of all beings everywhere. And remembering that in making this wish that our practice support all beings, that we are included as one of all beings. So thank you. So if there's a few of you who would be willing to stay for a few minutes to volunteer to do a little bit of cleaning, to take care of the center. Um, Are there about six or seven of you? There's a few tasks. Would you raise your hand? One, thank you. Two, three, four, thank you. Uh, Five, six, seven, eight, great. And if you would talk to Amy. uh, 
She's going to be um, helping us kind of close down. So Amy will give you some tasks to do. So thank you all. And I'll see some of you tomorrow, I hope. <laughs>